Welcome back to Socially Just Us, where we bring awareness to the social injustices in today's classrooms. I'm Nolan Deal, and this is episode two of our eight-part series. In this episode, we will be exploring the topics of LGBTQ awareness in public education. I wanted to start by presenting two news articles I found from Phoenix News Times that was published a couple of weeks ago on November 13th and November 26, 2019, which, according to statements made by parents, teachers, and students, the principal and administration of a K-8 school is creating what's called an, a toxic environment for LGBTQ students. According to the article, the principal and administration at the school have had several instances in which they have created an unsupportive environment for their LGBTQ students. The most recent incident occurred in October of this year, 2019, in which a group of LGBTQ students requested that the school should form an LGBTQ organization to spread awareness and acceptance to their student population. This idea that was formed by the group of students finally came to fruition when the bullying and general intolerance at, the, at their school seemed to be overwhelming for them. For example, one student who happened to be transgender asked for their peers to call them by their preferred name and pronouns by staff and students alike. However, the principal of the school deemed it too inappropriate in order the teachers of the school to ignore the request made by the students. Furthermore, when a group of students were talking about gender identity and sexual orientation on their own time, the assistant principal of the school ordered them to stop because the topic was not age-appropriate for younger students who may have been walking by. Finally, when the time came that this group of students requested a meeting with the principal about the intolerance among the student population and requested to form a club that promoted kindness and tolerance for LGBTQ students, they were told to put it in writing and were called into a meeting with the assistant principal instead, only to be told no because discussing gender identity and sexual orientation was deemed too inappropriate and claimed that talking about it could negatively infect their younger peers who administration believed that they should be sheltered from such topics. The second article, which contained a similar incident, referred to another controversy in April of 2018. A sixth grade teacher assigned a project to their class where they chose a real-world problem to present to their peers. One student chose the topic of LGBTQ pride, which is approved by her teacher only to be told by the principal that she was not allowed to continue her project and instead had to change her topic to teen pregnancy. The principal said no LGBT, transsexual, or pornographic topics. These are not age appropriate for sixth graders. There are plenty of other real world problems they can choose from, just not the ones that have to do with sexual orientation or sex. To me, this is hypocritical and it comes off as intolerant of a real world issue. How is it not okay for students to present on spreading awareness about LGBTQ pride? because of the topic of sex, but it's perfectly fine to instead present on teen pregnancy, which is caused by sex. But in the meantime, other students in her class were allowed to present on topics that were deemed age-appropriate, such as drug abuse. Uh, the principal went on to add, although some students would be very comfortable with the topics, there are many students and parents who would be uncomfortable with them. If people are uncomfortable with the topic, then maybe that means that they just need to be informed about the subject matter and issues that LGBTQ students face in public education. So the main issue of these two stories, and what they have in common, is the general lack of support for LGBTQ students in public education. Alright, so I'm going to throw out some statistics about why it's important to respect and support our LGBTQ students. This data was taken from the Gay, Lesbian, and Straight Education Network's 2017 National School Climate Survey, in which around 23,000 LGBTQ uh, youth participated. First, 59.4%, 48.6%, and 35% felt unsafe due to their sexual orientation, gender expression, and gender identity, respectively. 
Second, around 34.8% missed at least one day of school in the past month due to safety concerns. So these statistics, they are, uh, they're pretty significant. I mean, just the sheer amount of students who are missing school due to feeling unsafe or unwelcome by other students or even staff members at times. Around 70% of them have been verbally harassed based on their sexual orientation or expression. Um, at least one in five have been physically assaulted by other students. And on top of that, 57.3% have reported to have been sexually assaulted in the past. Now, some of you may be asking, if all this is going on, then why don't these students tell a trusted adult, right? Why don't they tell a teacher that they trust or an administrator that they trust? Yeah, and the answer is pretty straightforward. These students either don't want to escalate the problems further, or for those of them who have reported this, these incidents to an adult at the school, um, the staff member went ahead and did nothing. Nothing came out of it. They were still stuck in their same situation. So it seems as a combination of all these factors, um, LGBTQ students are reported to have lower self-esteem. Uh, they have higher levels of depression and statistically speaking, they are more likely to inflict self-harm upon themselves. So those are just a few of the statistics that popped out to me when I was reading this report. Um, you can go ahead and read the full report. It's provided in the resources in the description of this episode. Needless to say, LGBTQ students experience a lot of negativity when they're going through schooling, uh, mostly by other students. But again, there have been instances where teachers have also contributed to such negativity. So in short, uh, these statistics send a message to LGBTQ students saying that school is not a safe place for them to be. Uh, when educators, we should be doing our best to provide the contrary. These students need full support from teachers and administration alike. And this begins by becoming an ally and constructing a safe place for all students. So going back to the topic at hand about this K-8 school that's been creating a, quote, toxic environment for LGBTQ students. What are some changes that can possibly be made? What can this school do in order to better rectify the situation? In my opinion, it all begins with self-educating. Educate yourself about um, this generation. Educate yourself about the LGBTQ community. Educate yourself about these issues that these students are facing. Well, from my perspective, what it seemed that the principal and the assistant principal were getting a little confused, a little twisted around, was this idea of sex being synonymous with sexual orientation, gender identity, and gender expression, when in actuality, they are not the same thing, like, at all. And this is how they differ. In short, sexual orientation describes who you're attracted to. Gender identity refers to how you identify yourself, which doesn't always match up with your sex from birth. And finally, gender expression refers to how you choose to show your identity. So the student from the first article who identified as transgendered had explicitly made the request to the teachers that the school should call the student by what the student wanted to be called. And that's mostly because the students felt comfortable with the disclosing this information about who they are and their gender identity. So the fact that the principal of the school made the executive decision to deny the students wish to be called by their proper pronouns and by their name, sent a message to the LGBTQ students that delegitimizes them 
and undermines their sexual orientation or identity and it's counterintuitive for creating a safe environment for these students to, to be themselves. So when a student hears someone call them by their preferred pronouns, um, what you're doing in actuality is acknowledging their identity and respecting it, thus helping build a stronger rapport with them and an authentic and healthy student-teacher relationship that they may need. Now, as far as I'm aware, the K-8 school referred to in these articles have not begun the process of implementing a gay-straight alliance or some other LGBTQ organization at the school. If they are, it's a great first step in showing their student population that they support and care for them in an authentic way. And if not, then they need to do so right away, not only for the safety concerns for their current student population, but for the future students who will need a safe place at school. Now, as far as other solutions that could be offered, um, maybe make it required for staff to attend meetings and workshops regarding to what it means to be an ally for LGBTQ students. Now, as for the second article mentioned, the school should have allowed the students to continue their project on LGBTQ pride, as it is an ongoing issue today. Perhaps they could have allowed the student to present their, her information to the staff members, which I think would have been more beneficial than, say, getting a random guest speaker that the school would likely hire to convey the same information. It seems much more powerful and meaningful coming from a student of the school. Understanding and being supportive for students in this particular stage of their development cycle is one of the best things that teachers and administration can do for their students, regardless of what type of school they may be employed at. By establishing authentic care and becoming an ally to the LGBTQ students, we create what Dr. Jeffrey Duncan Andrade describes as critical hope. Now, according to Duncan, critical hope is composed of three elements. Material hope, which is a way for students to cope with hardships by being given some sort of resource. Socratic hope, which looks at the harsh truth and the way that they can be re reformed and audacious hope, which seeks to change a social injustice. Now, a gay-straight alliance and other inclusive clubs provide the material hope, a pathway for students to feel and look to change their school community. An authentically caring teacher can provide Socratic hope, in which they have someone to confine in and someone who is willing to open up a conversation about changing their community. Finally, the caring teacher, the ally to the students, can provide the audacious hope and become willing to stand up and commit a change for the betterment of the students. So in conclusion, something as simple as being an ally to a student or starting up or being part of a GSA gives LGBTQ students hope for their future. My name is Nolan Deal, and this has been part two of our eight part series. If you're interested in listening to other social justice issues in today's classrooms, be sure you check out the other seven parts of our podcast. Thank you for listening.